0: Welcome to the Same 24 Hours podcast. The podcast is currently on more or less hold to accommodate the recordings for the daily community meetup. During this crazy time, I'm having daily meetings online via Zoom where we can all join and see each other on video and there's special guests. And so I thought I would post the replays here on the podcast so those who can't listen live can listen later. So here we go, continuing on with the daily community meetups. If you'd like to join, all you have to do is go to swimbikemom.com forward slash meet, M-E-E-T, swimbikemom.com forward slash meet, and you can join us any day of the week, 12 noon Eastern during the week, and weekends I'm doing 8 p.m. Eastern on Saturday and Sunday. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Daily Community Meeting. Hi, and welcome to The Same 24 Hours Podcast. I'm Meredith Atwood, author of the book, The Year of No Nonsense. I'm a former attorney turned writer, speaker, and Ironman triathlete. Although right now, all I really like to do is lift weights. We all have the same 24 hours, but it's what we do in those hours that leads to our greatest health, happiness, and success. It's my goal to crack the code on a life of less nonsense, so we can all make the most of our 24 hours. So let's get started. All right, everybody, let's get started. Welcome to Thursday. What are we? April 2nd. (laughs) Groundhog Day same as it was two weeks ago. (laughs) Um, But I'm so glad that you all joined me today. We're gonna have a good time today. Um, I am in the middle and we have a special reading today from my good friend Lorraine. She's she offered to do one of the readings today. So I'm very excited about that. And I don't know whether to let her go first or um, let me go first. (laughs) I mean, it's my world, right? I get to choose. But I don't want to. I think I'm going to let you go first, Lorraine, because your reading may be enough, and I don't need to read. And I don't want to read something that offsets yours in any way or colli- colli- you know, collides with it. So what I think we should do is is let you open us with the reading, and then we will go from there. How does that sound?
1: Sounds wonderful. I'm okay. Cool. All Great. right.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. Um, good morning or good afternoon, whichever applies to you, um, from uh, from me here in uh, Central Illinois. Uh, my reading today is from uh, a book called Your True Home by Thich Nhat Hanh, who is a well-known Buddhist monk and teacher. And this reading really spoke to me as I read it, and it's called Flowers in Garbage. Flowers and garbage are both organic in nature. So looking deeply into the nature of a flower, you can see the presence of the compost and the garbage. The flower is also going to turn into garbage, but don't be afraid. You are a gardener and you have in your hands the power to transform garbage into flowers, into fruit, into vegetables. You don't throw anything away because you are afraid of garbage. Your hands are capable of transforming it into flowers or lettuce or cucumbers. The same is true of your happiness and your sorrow. Sorrow, fear and depression are all a kind of garbage. These bits of garbage are part of real life and we must look deeply into their nature. You can practice in order to turn these bits of garbage into flowers. It is not only your love that is organic, your hate is too. So you should not throw anything out all you have to do is learn how to transform your garbage into flowers oh that's good i thought that applied to our current situation that uh <laughs> our globe is going through
0: yes that is awesome oh i love it thank you so much other than that how are you doing
1: <laughs> i'm doing great. i'm doing great i just did you do it day by day right don't get ahead of yourself so yeah that's what I'm working on just trying to uh, stay in the moment
0: yeah well thank you Lorraine I appreciate that flowers and garbage wow that's that's an awesome perspective um to follow that up I think I will read what I found today because I think it applies um I'm anyone that follows me on Instagram Price all this I'm reading this number one book right now that everyone's talking about. And I wanted to hate it because that's like how I am. I'm like a contrarian. I'm like, oh, everyone likes this book. I don't want to like it. I'm not going to like it. I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to hate it. I don't hate it. I love it. (laughs) It was really good. Um, I've got like 10 pages left, um, that I'm waiting to finish when I have a moment, but a lot of aha moments in this book for me, and speaking of flowers and garbage, um, this part was particularly just mind-blowing to me. And especially in this time that we're in, which is like, what is this time? You know, it's a time to be buried and to, to come back better than before. It's a time to just be buried and stay down. I mean, what is this? Oh, it's, this book is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. It's like literally the number one book, I think right now in the world or something (laughs) um glennon g-l-e-n-n-o-n untamed but this passage really spoke to me it's a little lengthy um but i think I'll, i'll read it anyway and then after that we'll do a quick meditation and then we will speak with our special guest today so this is from the chapter she calls feel in the past 18 years i have learned two things about pain First, I can feel everything and survive. What I thought would kill me didn't. Every time I said to myself, I can't take this anymore, I was wrong. The truth was that I could and did take it all, and I kept surviving. Surviving again and again made me less afraid of myself, of other people, of life. I learned that I'd never be free from pain, but I could be free from the fear of pain, and that was enough. I finally stopped avoiding fires long enough to let myself burn. And what I learned was that I am like a, that burning bush. The fire of pain won't, consu- won't consume me. I can burn and burn and live. I can live on fire. I am fireproof. Second, I can use pain to become. I'm here to keep becoming truer, more beautiful versions of myself again and again forever. To be alive is to be in a perpetual state of revolution. Whether I like it or not, pain is the fuel of revolution. Everything I need to become the woman I'm meant to be next is inside my feelings of now. Life is alchemy and emotions are the fire that turns me to gold. I will continue to become only if I resist extinguishing myself a million times a day. If I can sit in the fire of my own feelings, I will keep becoming. Numbness keeps us from becoming. This is why every great spiritual teacher tells us the same story about humanity and pain. Don't avoid it. You need it to evolve, to become, and you are here to become. Like Buddha, who had to leave his life of comfort to experience all kinds of human suffering before finding enlightenment. Like Moses, who wandered 40 years in the desert before seeing the promised land. Like Wesley from The Princess Bride, who said, Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who says differently is selling something. Like Jesus, who walks straight toward his own crucifixion. First the pain, then the waiting, then the rising. All of our suffering comes when we try to get, our, get to our resurrection without allowing ourselves to be crucified first. There is no glory except straight through your story. Pain is not tragic. Pain is magic. Suffering is tragic. Suffering is what happens when we avoid pain and consequently miss our becoming. so good so good and I loved um sorry there is no glory except straight through your story I wanted to quote that accurately because that is the truth I (laughs) have written that time and time again the only way out is through the only way over is through the only way through is through is through is through that sometimes that really sucks, and um, i I was really moved by that, thought I would share it, and um, yeah, so that 's where i 'm at today. I woke up in a funk again. this is day two of funk, so I am very glad to be <laughs> meeting with you all today it 's great, this really is a joyful part of my day, and i 'm very excited about our special guest today. Crystal Lampard is here. So Crystal, I met her about a year ago. I was on KC Live. We have a mutual friend, Britt Frank, who you guys know yeah. I've had several times. So welcome, Crystal. How are you?
2: Thank you. Oh my gosh. All of those passages are just hitting home right now for me. I'm, I'm doing great. I feel so much more connected right now because I've also been in a funk. Um, yeah. and. You know, I'm hearing that so much um, as I've started to see therapy clients. I'm a I'm a clinical MSW or master of social work student right now, and I'm in my uh, internship at a therapy office. And just that word funk is getting thrown around a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, yeah. And I totally relate. So everything that you guys just shared and read really resonated with me. And I'm just so thankful to be here. So thanks for having me
0: on. Yeah. And and what is it? Is it just, it's like the period of time, you know, it's been, I've been cooped up for three and a half weeks. And is that just the time <laughs> that you're like, I can't do this anymore. And then I read that. Well, of course you can do it because like in reality, this is not that hard. You sure. know, let's really put this. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm here in my home with running water. And, you like, have to, to sit on the, <laughs> on the
2: couch. On the couch. And, and eat <need>
0: snacks. <laughs> and eat snacks and work out in my gym that I have like for me. But I mean, at I the know. same time, like this is, this is a feeling and it is. Yeah. It is real, and I know we have so yeah. many things we can talk about. Oh, yeah. um, so I, why yeah. don't you start by telling um, a little bit about your story, like how who you are, where you came from, and, and yeah. what you're drawn to, and kind of where you see everything going? Because everything changed for you in the last uh, year, really. Everything has changed like crazy,
2: um, and it's been it's been such an interesting journey. I mean, I so I was hosting Kansas City Live, which is our local morning show here in Kansas City, um, for. Oh, a couple years. And it was really uh, definitely my dream job. I, you know, I got my degree in my bachelor's in film and media, really wanted to work in the documentary filmmaking space or in the journalism space and was really kind of feeling like, okay, I've got my dream job. And I also started a graduate program at KU um, to study trauma therapy. And that has been mind-blowing as well. So it's kind of funny because 2020, everybody came into this year and myself included saying like, 2020, it's going to be my year. I got this. I'm going to, you know, blow things up and my career. And and I really felt that way because I genuinely was finally feeling kind of aligned. Um, I was doing this segment on Kansas City Live called Mental Health Minute where I was finally getting to use my platform for what I wanted to use it for, which was a lot of mental health advocacy and talking about trauma and talking about these topics and connection and vulnerability that were so important to me. Um, and I thought, how can I make this have a place on a morning show? And so I started this segment called Mental Health Minute and you know got such great feedback from it. And I remember doing a podcast that end of end of 2019 beginning of 2020 and and just really being on this high like you know what i finally feel like my worlds are coming together everything is aligning my values and i'm getting to do what i really want to do which you know is spread this message about mental health um because as much as i love being on a morning show a lot of what we did was and we did we got to interview amazing authors activists um actors artists we got to really Exposed people to so many cool, um, leaders in our area, but there was still something missing for me. And that was sort of the mental health aspect. So once I got that in there, um, yeah, they canceled the show. <laughs> so I just kind of had to like, well, there goes all of my plans. Um, And it was so abrupt. I mean, I had literally just like I had sent you an email.
0: I said, Hey, Crystal, I'm kind of come back to Kansas City. I want to come back on the show because I got this new book. And that Mm -hmm. I I actually pulled my book over because when you said 2020 was going to be the year, you know, of all the things we're (laughs) going to do, I was like, Yeah, at least you didn't write a book called The Year of No Nonsense. And then we have this (laughs) going on. Like, oh, this is irrelevant bargain bin right <laughs>
2: yeah. that's gonna go in the five dollar
0: bin now $5 yeah bin. but hey oh. you know, at least it's in some bin but yeah like I had Everybody I can. had emailed you like hey mm-hmm. I want to come back and you were like hey they canceled the show like yesterday <laughs> <laughs> I was like the show what? then no show so I mean what yeah. did you is, is it in hindsight is it one of those you're probably it's probably still too close to you though I mean, are you still you know, too close like, to it to be like, "Oh, it's a blessing oh, in disguise"? It's too close. No, right? not at all. I, no? I definitely pretty quickly. Uh,
2: so, and here's the honest to god truth. So, I've been in my graduate program for over a year, um, and I I came to mental health. I should have come to mental health a lot sooner. I think I wish I would have discovered therapy way earlier than I did. I had a lot of trauma and I had a lot of stuff to work through. So, um, doing my own work helped me to realize oh wow this is what i wanted to do i really wanted to help people um and i i was doing that through my television and media work um loved being involved in the community loved doing fundraisers you know animal shelters and cancer fundraisers i mean i felt very much like i'm doing the things but there was still something missing um and so i did feel kind of because of all the work that i've done when the rug got pulled out from under me, I was kind of like, you know what? I am working 14 hours plus a day right now. I go, I would get up, I would do my makeup on the way to work, not safe. Don't do this. Don't do that. Um, but I had to be camera ready. Right. So, and you did camera ready
0: makeup in the car. Mm -hmm. That is impressive. (laughs) Again,
2: not a good idea. Don't, 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 don't try this at home or in the car. Um, But I just, I felt I was under so much pressure because every morning, no matter what I was going through, and I was going through a lot. um, I had to show up on TV and smile and say, good morning, Kansas city. And I hope you're all great. And I'm going to put on this perky face for the next hour. And it got harder and harder because not only was I burning myself out, you know, I would work a typical eight or nine hour day. And then I would go straight from the station to my internship which is at a therapy office called Resolve here in Kansas City and loved it. I got to start seeing clients almost immediately, but I would work from there from, you know, five until nine, 9.30 PM. And then I would do all my notes and I'd be up until 11, 10 or 11 PM working on client notes. And then the next morning I would do it all again. I'd be up at six or seven and it just was exhausting. So when the show did get canceled, there were options, so I kind of had a choice where there could have been other opportunities for me to pursue at the station, but I was really faced with how long can I do this 14 hour plus day a day business before I get burnt out and maybe don't even like therapy anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> and at what then point where I? will you be? <laughs> and then what? You know, yeah. so, it's, so I've definitely come to that, that blessing in disguise, um, but I still miss it a lot. Um, I, my, my biggest thing has been just the people that I work with. Um, and then it just felt like one thing after another, right? It was like, okay, so 2020 not happening quite the way I expected it to. <laughs> You're and,
0: total nonsense.
2: Yes. Fine. And and now here we are, you know, essentially on lockdown and I can't even leave the house. I mean, so, so it very quickly, it's strange now because, um, these fears around, Okay, not having an income—you know, unemployment—that's very scary. Being a grad student and not having an income, you know, um, I forfeited tuition reimbursement and that sort of thing that I was getting through work benefits. It's a very scary place to be. Um, And at the same time, I'm now seeing other people go through it on some level, um, which I would never wish wish on anyone. However, through all of this icky stuff, there is a sense of community and belonging, and universality associated with it that in some way, in a small way, has been comforting because I know I'm certainly not the only person whose routine was completely thrown for a loop. Um and enter, you know, the funk that I've been in yeah. for the last few weeks too.
0: <laughs> I don't I can't figure the, the thing that drives me crazy is usually I can pinpoint the funk. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. feel like this funk is almost an empathetic funk. Like everything yeah. in my world's fine, but I feel yeah. like I'm starting to absorb the pain. <laughs> like <laughs> how, like powder, was it powder that absorbed people's pain? Like, <laughs> you know, like, yes. I'm, and I'm also getting equally, okay. oh. um, yeah. but I'm starting to feel that, like maybe that's what's, what's bothering me because I have guilt that I'm okay, but so many people oh. aren't. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's the fun because really what else is wrong? You know, or Some am I that? Guilt. <laughs> yeah, like, am I that fragile that I'm oh. disrupted by a routine or am I just annoyed that people are in my business all the time now? At least like <laughs> right. when I used to go to work right. and the kids went to school and I'm like, no, everyone's somewhere. Your little, your little
2: bubble's been disrupted. Bubble. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: yeah. You know, it's interesting and I'm hearing that a lot. So I've, I've, luckily been able to switch all my clients for my internship over to telehealth and i'm hearing everybody say some version of this almost almost everybody say some version of i just feel off and i just don't feel like myself and some of it absolutely it's the change in routine right we love routine our bodies love routine from a trauma perspective you know looking at this just from a psychobiological standpoint we want to be productive right now and i'm seeing a lot of people say I feel blah and kind of lethargic and I don't want to do anything. I want to sit on my couch and eat chips and I want to stare out the window. And that's not like me. I'm usually productive and busy and extroverted. And and when you look at, first of all, from a social standpoint, a lot of our social supports have been taken away, at least in the physical sense, right? We can connect and I love that we're doing this, and we should, we should be taking advantage of Zoom and all the digital ways we connect as much as possible. Um, it's not quite the same, it's not the same as going and getting a coffee with a friend or um, being able to tune in because our nervous systems also co-regulate each other. And mm-hmm. so without that, you know, I'm like, oh, can we do a study on this somehow? Like how, do, how do the nervous <laughs> systems go across you know, distances like this?
1: Right. I, I don't
2: know. Um, so I think the technological barrier is real, uh, it's still useful but it has its limitations and then also seeing you know from again when we want to be productive we want to be rational we want to use our thinking brain that's our the newer part of our brain which is the prefrontal cortex that doesn't even fully develop until your what mid 20s so it's the newest part of our brain that has the least amount of practice and it goes offline as soon as our amygdala which is part of our nervous system that's meant to detect threat as soon as the amygdala is activated, this part's going to go offline and all those rational thinking. You know, like when you're getting attacked by a bear, you're not thinking, let me problem solve and learn (laughs) math, you know? Right, right. We we see this in trauma so much, especially with kids who come from abusive households. They really struggle with learning because their body is going through, it's still undergoing threat if they're triggered in some way. So, and and even, you know, knowing that, A lot of us are kind of in the same boat as you where we're saying, well, I have supplies. You know, I'm not terribly affected. I have a home, I'm safe, my family is safe. Even still, even being able to sort of cognitively understand that, there is going to be a part of our nervous system that is under threat, a very real threat, which is a pandemic. It's also picking up on other people's nervous system dysregulation, the panic of other people hoarding toilet paper, supporting, you know, supplies and freaking out and knowing, oh, well, my uncle got the disease and he's in the hospital. And so whether it's sort of at the forefront of our mind or not, whether we're seeing it as, you know, am I really worried I'm going to get sick or not? Just understanding that there is other people's panic. And then our social support, which is such a protective factor for stress and trauma and PTSD, all of those things have been removed. And so we're kind of left in this weird microcosm of a world where it's just like quarantine life. So QL. QL quarantine life. Yeah. So cool. So so even, you know, so that that not being able to be productive, I completely understand it. And my brain has been so scrambled. I've let so many things fall through the cracks. I've been like unable to retain information and I'm about to do a really intensive trauma training. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to med, I need to do all the meditating first. And, right. but when we ultimately, like you were saying, you know, we kind of, the only way out is through, we want to bypass our nervous system, right? We want to bypass our reptilian brain and we want to go, Mm-mm, I don't care nervous system, just chill out. I want to go straight to my rational thinking brain and get my to-do list done. Cause I got projects to work on. Well, unfortunately we can't, Really do that without helping ourselves to feel a little bit safer first. And so, again, when we are activated, that fight, flight, or freeze response comes in. And so that's where the freeze—you get the lethargy and the kind of out of it and kind of, oh, what is going on? Some people are feeling really manic, and they're like mm. OCD cleaning. And I'm like, I'm totally—I'm swinging between both. I've yeah. I've lysol things in my house. I'm like, no one's even here. Right. <laughs> like,
0: I, know. <laughs> I know. I know. I watched my husband today. The Amazon delivery guy came. Uh delivered way away from the door he goes gets the package comes in wipes it down and then he goes and wipes down like everything outside (laughs) and and I don't say anything I'm just watching it I'm watching like him wipe the doorknob and I'm like "Hmm, yep this is this is interesting this is this is my scientist my PhD husband (laughs) who knows where the germs are you know what I mean like and I'm watching it. And I'm like, we've we've lost our it's minds. Like We're Lysol-ing all crazy.
2: the Lysol. I totally did that the other day. I used Lysol on the outside of the Lysol because I'm touching the
0: Lysol the most. Right. And you're
2: supposed to wipe down the surfaces that you touch right. the most. Right. And you know,
0: like with the the you referenced trauma, and I think trauma yeah. is so fascinating. Like, I mean, such a such yes. an interesting subject because it is new to me. Mm. I did not realize trauma was a thing. I didn't sure. realize I had trauma until age 38 and a half and I was trying to pump out a, a book.
2: Oh, and I was like, wow. oh, this
0: is, this is convenient. This is great. Time. Oh, this is so, a great time for this to pop <laughs> this up. Is a great yeah. time for me to realize that. But <laughs> with quick, pretty intensive therapy, I realized that my trauma exposed me to complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Meaning like in my childhood, I was repeatedly rep- um, exposed to a stress, a trauma, over and over and over and over again from a very young age. And the complex part is I couldn't escape because it was my home. And so Mm -hmm. the idea that I cannot escape is constant, like re-traumatizing for me, even though I know I'm safe Mm -hmm. and things are fine, but that's what I'm feeling. And so I wonder how many of us are not recognizing that connection. Like if we were in a home that was not safe or did not feel safe and Um, here we are again, like, not being permitted to leave, like, if that's the low, like, Mm -hmm. thing that's kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, I feel like that may be part of it for me.
2: That lack of, and that lack of choice, you know, also just not, not realizing because so much of, you know, and I think Britt talks about this a lot too. She's, I, I love picking her brain about this stuff too, because she's been doing it a lot longer. Um, but just that the opposite of trauma is choice, you know, and when we right. think about as soon as we have choices, suddenly our nervous system can start to relax again. Or as soon as we recognize that we have choices, because sometimes we we do have choices. We just haven't recognized them. We haven't come to terms with, okay, but do I really? And so, so how absolutely. do we bridge that
0: here? How do we bridge that here? Because the rational brain, like if yeah. it's the, the I'm, I'm not very good, the back the amygdala, brain. The yeah. The, amygdala, the reptilian that,
2: brain. The reptilian yes. brain.
0: If that's telling us danger, danger, you're
2: mm-hmm. you're
0: stuck, you're trapped. like how, And you said you can't really like rationalize through you it. Just bypass, okay, yeah. So what
2: do we do? Yeah. What do we do? yeah. So right now it's, and again, there are limitations with this. For me, what's been really helpful is therapy, you know, EMDR, and I'm studying a model called the Neuroaffective Relational Model, which I love because it includes neuroscience, it includes body, and it includes um, the relationship aspect of it. And so, what I've been trying to encourage some of my clients to do right now, first and foremost, knowing the biology behind it can be helpful. Right, your nervous system is doing its job. So instead of thinking of it as it's just a small, maybe helpful reframe, instead of thinking it as my nervous system feels like it's under attack and it's betraying me, it's doing its job. It's trying to protect you. And in so many ways, yes, if those old patterns are getting triggered right now, that makes sense. It makes sense that they're getting triggered. Um, So being able to, if you can detect where it is coming from, like in your case, if it is, you know, oh, this is my... My childhood, being able to show up for yourself and to show up for your younger self, um, and being able to provide that comfort and nurturance, and even for me, I'll be like, "Okay, what does four-year-old Crystal need right now?" (laughs) You know, I love
0: when Britt does talk about that. Yeah, I'm like, "What age do I pick?" Yeah, whatever age is applicable. I'm like, whatever's coming up. Yeah, (laughs) and it sounds cheesy and it's parts work,
2: you know, Um, but it's it it can help. And sometimes four-year-old Crystal needs a snack and a nap. And four year old Meredith
0: always (laughs) needed a snack. So did every age Meredith.
2: Yep. Oh yeah. It's always healthier. It's healthier coping mechanism than something else, right? Than other things, which most of us, as we try to to regulate our internal states, we go to addictions or, you know, and again, looking at what's right with the addiction, not what's wrong with the addiction, what's right with it. It's it's an attempt to regulate your nervous system and it's an attempt to regulate an internal state. So I've been kind of asking, even just asking myself, you know, what do I need um, to feel a little bit safer right now? And, and just getting it attuned to that. And we're not going to be able to just go, I'm fine. Everything's fine. There's no pandemic. Um, you know, but there, there are small things that you can do. And, and whatever those self-care activities are for you. And I think, I think you've probably talked about this plenty. But it's that locus of control. What do I have control over? What do I not have control over in this moment? And really being intentional about what your choices are. Because I think when we can start to recognize the choices that we do have, we're taking back at least a little bit of our power. It's not gonna be ideal and we're not gonna be all the way there and that's okay. But allowing whatever comes up to come up and that discomfort, like right now I'm in a funk and just being able to say, you know, I'm just kind of in a funk, so this might not be the most productive week. And I guess that it is what it is and just that radical acceptance, which is really hard. Radical
0: acceptance its radical and radical. I mean, <laughs> one of the things that mm-hmm. I have noticed about myself when I do wake up in the funk I have mm-hmm. to have communication and correspondence to myself sure. like it is sometimes how ha- I either write it like that uh, this journal goes with me everywhere I either write it or sometimes if no one's awake. I just talk it, you know, okay mm-hmm. Meredith, Today we're going to you feel like shit today. What can we yep. do? and <laughs> the what the things I have to tell myself are, like you said, noticing the choices, but like, I have to lay them out and yep. say, look at your choices today. You can choose to go straight oh, for the pizza in so the freezer, uh-huh. or you can choose to thaw out your turkey and rice that you know is going to make your inflammation go down. It's going to make mm-hmm. you feel better. Cause I, I mean, I have connected the dots, sugar, carb, like gluten, processed carbs, they make me brain crazy. Like, yeah, they don't, sure. they do, they impact me in a negative way. And so, but to do that, I have to almost make myself read that. <laughs> you You're know like, here's, like a, here's a flow chart of all of my very choices. <laughs> of the facts, you know? Yeah. I guess also, because I'm not a very rational, I'm a rational person, but I'm not logical. I'm, I'm mm. arty and like, mm. oh, well, if this means this then the Butterfly, you know, (laughs) so I have to like write it out, and then when I look at it, I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. do you want to feel better by seven o'clock tonight? Here's a magic formula because I know it, I know the magic formula for myself. It requires a huge glass of water, it requires planning my meals, doing my workout, and then doing kind things for other people. That's the magic formula Mm. by 7 p.m. if I do that. Mm. I'm better, you know? And mm-hmm. so creating that magic formula for yourself that you know works because we all know these things. <laughs> yes. It's not a mystery. We yeah. know. Yeah. You know, it's the, yeah. And it's, that's helpful
2: yeah. too, because just changing that uh, again with people saying like, I should be doing this. I should be, but what you're in essence saying is instead of should, you are changing it to a could, you're saying I could do this. Do yeah, I want and we to do this um, or
0: that? Yeah. And we had a want. You said it. You said it. Because I had a guest on last week who said, let's get rid of the word should and replace it with want. And then you said, yeah. No, I want should. I want to feel better.
2: I want, yeah, exactly. And, and people do that a lot where they're just like, I have all this free time, you know, which, which free time kind of denotes this idea that there was choice around it. A lot of us are stuck at home without choice. We have to be here. We're under an order to be here. So again, like you said, taking an inventory of, well, what are my choices? And instead of it being, well, I should be cleaning or I should be working on the yard or I should be, it's like, I could be. I could be working on the yard. I could be, and if it because if that's and ultimately sometimes like even making the jump to want, I'm like, and uh-uh, that's not true, <laughs> and I can't lie to myself. <laughs> I don't, don't want to work, work on work the, on the I yard. I never <laughs> want to work on the yard, but I could. I could. That's an option that's available to me, and it's just anything that you can do to kind of take some of that power back. Um, Here's a
0: question from Ruth: How should um, how should your family do with our funds Okay, do you mean like how should? the family deal with our funk like are the people around us deal with us how should your family deal with our funk? I think that's what I mean like how do when we're in a funk oh. how do the rest of them deal they got to deal yeah. with their own stuff Eyes in your own plane mm-hmm. <laughs> stay yeah. in your own lane I mean I yep. don't know that's that's Boundaries. a question Does
2: everyone <laughs> well, me,
0: go to your own room
2: yeah. everybody, disperse. <laughs> everybody disperse yeah I mean that is a great um that is a, a great reminder of the importance of boundaries, um, clearly making my husband crazy. <laughs> yeah, aren't we all? Um, that is definitely, again, like staying in your own lane and being aware of. I, I like to practice a lot of transparency and just being super open and honest and owning my, my part, you know, and just and saying that I'm just in a funk and it has nothing to do with you. I'm just, I got to deal with this on my own for a while. And then again, you're going to your self-care activities and what you can do. And yeah, it might be in your room. It might be, I have clients, you know, doing these telehealth sessions from the inside of their car because it's the only place that they can get away from husband and kids. And, and it's kind of their lifeline, especially if like for my extroverts who are really, really struggling right now it is, it is hard. Um, and so making that sacred space, I do have an activity that I would like to invite everybody to join. Um, Let's do it. That, is it that jumping might, jacks?
0: I need to put not- on my
2: diaper. So <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Oh, I've got to put pants on. Ooh. Put
1: pants on. <laughs> this
0: is a pants free exercise.
2: I'm wearing, okay. so I'm taking clients today. So I have my, my colored shirt on, but I totally have
0: like gym shorts on. Oh, right we keep it. doing that. My husband and I were watching like CNN or whatever, and they're showing everyone from home. We're like, what pants does he have on? We're like, PJ shorts. <laughs> Cause they've got like their suit on We're like, What's, what are the pants on this guy? Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm only half
2: trying gym yeah, pants, gym shorts. A. Yep. You get an A for effort. A for effort. And this is all anybody's going to see, right? As long as they still perceive me to be somewhat professional. (laughs) (laughs) We're all just pretending. Um, No, I do have, so, and this might just help with um, reconnecting with yourself because like you said, we, we can't, We can't make our husband feel less crazy. We can't force anyone to do anything, you know. However, we can take responsibility for our own states, which is that, you know, and and being able to own that. I'm in a funk, I'm feeling manic, I'm feeling helpless, I'm feeling lethargic, and what I really need right now is to just let this day be not productive. And that's it. And I'm going to try again tomorrow. Um, so, if everyone wants to, just kind of, you can do this via your chat, or we can, you know, talk to any of you. Um, it's an exercise that I actually got from Gabrielle Bernstein. Um, she did a live version of this on her Instagram last week, and I found it really helpful um, because we are in kind of this situation where we don't, where a lot of us are feeling like we don't have a lot of choices. Um, so, it's four questions. And I've been starting my day with this to help me get a little bit more centered. So in the first question, I'm just going to put it out to you guys and you can type in your answers is how do I want to feel today? So typing in, um, how do I want to feel today? And that can be anything from, you know, just slightly better. I want to feel helpful and connected. Ooh, I love that. Brave and healthy, calm, yet energetic. Oh, I like that kind of both of those. And I think being calm and centered can lead to allow that energy to flow as well. Um, let's see, what do I want to feel today? I want
0: to. The feel overachiever centers. in me wants to make a list. <laughs> uh
2: huh. Uh huh. That might that might be part of your centered. Amazing. Perfect. Like yes. I'm in control. Like I'm running everything. Like, I'm running... <laughs> like I have choices. Yes. I know. Focused. In control. Balanced. Control. Yeah. Yeah um so for me what comes up a lot is centered and i think centered balance that those kind of um those are related to me um so yeah naming that great start i want to feel centered today um the next question is and you guys can keep typing these in the next question is who do i want to be today so who do i want to be today um and that's a that can be a loaded question um for me, what I've been sort of hanging on to in this time is, you know, and we identify ourselves in so many different ways. I want to be Oprah. <laughs> Meredith, <sighs> You know what? I like that. I've never had somebody answer that in a, just like a, a straight on another human being. I'm Who do I want Oprah. to be today. I want to be optimistic. So I've been saying, um, from a, from a role perspective, I've been saying, I want to be a source of support for others. Um, a great partner. Perfect. My authentic self. Ooh, my authentic self. Yes. Um, I've been saying, I want to be a, um, a support and a guide for my clients, myself, but Oprah eyes, a calm center <laughs> for others around me. Yes. These are so good. A calm center for others around me. Yes. I love that.
0: Oh, a helper Rosalyn. A
2: uh-huh, calm center uh-huh. for others around me. Yep. A helper, a helper with healthy boundaries. I'm going to, I'm going to add that because right. we can burn ourselves out and I get that because I'm all, I'm a big helper. So that resonates with me. Um, yeah. So who do I want to be today? A helper. I like that. Um, what do I want to receive today is the next question. What do I want to receive today? Um, so for me, I have, I have a house on the market right now and it is a pain in the ass. Let me tell you that. Oh my god! Yes. great
0: timing. So I
2: want to receive good news about my house. <laughs> I've been putting that out into the universe every day. What do I want to receive today? A vaccine for COVID-19. Hell yeah, let's, let's get on that. A rock for myself. So this is who do I want to be? A rock for myself, a helpful source for my clients, a friend to my loved ones. Ooh, Amelia, I really like that. Comfort. So what do I want to receive today? Comfort. Yes. And that goes, kind of, it's related to that first question. You know, I want to feel comfort. Um, Peace and balance. What do I want to receive today? Love. Oh, that's so good. Comfort from somewhere other than food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm wondering where. where that desire for food is coming from that nurturance that comfort and love. Yeah. I, I deal with that a lot too. Food is my, (laughs) when all else fails, let's get some snacks, snacks on snacks (laughs) on snacks. Um, so what do I want to receive today? Love. And this goes along really well with the next question. Uh, what do I want to give today? So the last question is, what do I want to give today? Um, and as we all know, ooh, love, support, um, you know, having friends means being a good friend, right? Um, in order to receive, we must also give. So to give support, to give love, and I'm sensing if, you know, some of us are wanting to receive love and connection, being able to provide that too is, is also going to help get us there. Um, so anybody else with what do I want to give today? What do I want to give today?
0: Hmm. That's a really uh, interesting question. I'm like nothing. I, I don't want to give. That's
2: nothing okay. today. <laughs> and if that's what comes up for you, then now you're aware of it, right? You're not in a place to give today because, yeah. and that's a, that's a good point too, because there is this whole line of thought around just giving from the overflow. Right. And until we mm-hmm. take care of ourselves first, putting on your own oxygen mask first, we can't really give a lot. I want to give myself a break. I love that support within boundaries. Love that. I love the self-aware people typing in right now saying like, I want to give this with this caveat. I want it to be a place of healthy giving, not a, you know, needy. I need to manage your experience. Um, which then we look into some of those a little more unhealthy dynamics
0: or unhelpful at least. Well, and I know someone years ago told, I think, I think I like lost it online one time (laughs) years ago and someone sent me an email. I, I, I do that every blue moon. Um, Hmm. I don't mean to, and then now I'm just quicker to delete it than I used to be. (laughs) Um, but, um, someone emailed me and they said, you are an absolute compassion fatigue breakdown. And I thought that was yes. such a great term that I realized when routine. we're in a position to like yes. receive messages and emails and comments, how to yes. help me, help me, help me. What do you think? Yes. How do I pick your brain? And mm-hmm. and you're in that position. I'm in that position. Mm-hmm. And and usually I'm like, whatever, you know, if I can turn myself inside out, you can have what's inside. Yeah. Sometimes it's just text. but yeah. Um, yeah, there's a real wall. And when yeah. I hit the compassion fatigue wall, I hit it hard yes. and everyone around me better watch out because then I have no compassion. And yes. yeah, so this, I love Rosalyn. I want to give myself a yes. break, support within
2: boundaries. I want to give myself a break. Um, that came up for me. And, and also, like you said, sometimes it's, I want to give nothing because I want to give myself a break because I, I need a break from giving. And that's so valid. And, and, but being able to, so these questions for me, they just kind of help me and evaluate where am I at right now? Where, where am I? How giving do I feel right now? And ultimately if, if I'm trying to be a, if I want to be a helpful presence and I want to be supportive and I want to be present and show up for my clients. And then I ask myself, what do I want to give today? And I'm like, I kind of want to give nothing. That's going to be a real, that's going to be really good information for me to work from In that it's today's going to be a challenging day to be able to do that. So what can I do to feel a little bit safer, to feel a little bit more comforted or um, fulfilled in some way so that I can give
0: from the overflow. Uh, and even if like, just like you said in the beginning, just naming it, naming what naming you it. want, who you are, but also what you, what you can't give to say like today, yes. I can't, I feel from my soul. I can't give, so yeah. I have to put on an act and that's yeah. fine. But if you can't yeah. recognize that you're depleted, mm-hmm. you don't know that you need to put on an act and then you act like a crazy person and do <laughs> you regret. You know what I mean? And sometimes we have yes. to put on the act or you be do. honest, you Yeah. Know? like, yeah.
2: I've even, you know, I've called myself out even in sessions when, when I do feel like I'm fumbling again, part of therapy is the therapeutic relationship and the authentic connection that is happening between you. And it is an appropriate place to sometimes be able to even say, you know, like, Hey, I'm just, I get that. I'm in such a funk too. And if anything, it's, you're opening up that relationship and that connection rather than when I was, you know, on TV every single day, I couldn't do that. There was no... Hey guys, I'm just kind of out of it. You know, I would from time <laughs> to time call myself out, but there was a level of mm you got to have it together all the time. And, and in that case, it wasn't necessarily compassion fatigue, but it was just inauthenticity that was starting to wear on me because I would come home depleted, exhausted. And I'd have to, like I said, come onto the show and put on a face for an hour. And I usually could get myself there and do it pretty genuinely, but we all have those days where like, we do not want to perform. And unfortunately, for the most part, that's not really an option. And my overachiever part as well would be like, I don't care how crazy I feel. I'm going to go in anyway. And I'd put on this great show for an hour. And then afterwards, I would like burst into tears or I'd be snippy (laughs) or I would just be short with people. Um, And that's that realization of, I don't have a lot to give right now. And you are, you are, you're, you are giving a lot when you're, when you're performing or when you're trying to be there for someone else. So this was just, for me, it was a great exercise in how can I show up for myself today? And it kind of forces you to really evaluate where you're at. Um, And stepping away from giving is like Lorraine said, sometimes we need to step away from giving. It's yeah, you're absolutely right. And I know as much as we all want to band together and we just want to keep showing up there is absolutely something to be said for that compassion fatigue and, and being able to accept that you can't be everything for
0: everyone all the time. No one, no one said you were God. Like someone told me that. They're like, who said you were God? I was like, Oh, nobody. But I have a God complex clearly (laughs) because I'm trying to save everyone. Trying to save everyone. Yes. Oh, I know. It's got to keep that in check. That's well, like yesterday, uh, um, I, I was in a funk yesterday and today, the last two days, and I can trace it. I've had junk food last couple days. I know, like get back to my flow chart for me. Um, but after I got off the meetup yesterday, like Jarek on he was fantastic. He said so much of the things I needed to hear. I closed the chat. I took off my glasses and I just like cried, but it was that cry of relief that I felt like a lot of people got something out of it yesterday because it felt just so, it felt so good. And then I felt good because I felt like the pressure was off of me because I, I felt like I wasn't doing so good. And like, you know, but yeah. at the same time, it'll, I accepted the help. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And we have mm-hmm. to sometimes when we're in those positions of, of having the God complex and wanting to save everyone, mm-hmm. we have to accept help. Yes. 100%. And then, yeah. yeah.
2: And what a great way to even, you know, with your own Um, clients and the people that you show up for with your kids, with other people modeling that for them. You know, I keep saying, especially um, for my clients who have kids who are really, really worried about how this is all going to affect them, um, modeling that behavior for them that, you know, I have a therapy session or I'm going to do some self-care and, you know, mom needs 30 minutes to do this. Um, It is so important. And, and more importantly, beyond that, because we are, we're limited in our social support right now. Uh, One thing that came up for me recently was just the importance of showing up for our kids right now. And again, with boundaries, when it feels like you are authentically up for it, because it's really hard to show up, you know, and I understand the, the challenges with that right now when you're around everyone 24-7, but so many parents who are worried about how this is going to affect their kids, what we do know is that social support, especially coming from a primary attachment figure like parents, you know, social support is so important and it is a protective factor against trauma and against even things as extreme as PTSD. I mean, going through really traumatic experiences, the studies show, well, after the traumatic experience, what social support was available to you. And if there was, if there was emotional support, there was somebody there holding space for you while you process these difficult emotions the likelihood of developing PTSD symptoms significantly drops. And so right now, being able to, you know, we're not necessarily needing to lie to our kids and say, everything's fine, everything's fine. But that transparency with them, explaining what's happening, answering their questions, and simply being there for them when they do, you know, need to cry or need to be comforted or nurtured. You know, think about all the things that we're saying, like, I want to feel comfort, I want to feel this. Well, our kids want to feel that too. Um, So being able to just show up for them and, you know, being able to say, I want to be a supportive mom. Okay. How can I be that? Um, And that's going to be such an important protective factor when we do come out of all of this um, that says, you know, Hey, because they're they are not at the age where they can necessarily show up for themselves yet the way that we try to do for ourselves as adults, but we can provide that for them. Um, And with friends being, you know, gone and with all these other supportive factors not at play anymore, like going to school, having counselors, teachers, it is even more important for parents, but just providing that. You don't have to be a therapist. You don't have to be anything. You just have to be mom. And that's that's all they need is just, okay, she's here if I need her help. And she also gets help when she
0: needs it. And that's just huge. And we've, um, I don't know where we came up with the idea, but the kids went through Disney Plus and Netflix and picked a bunch of movies that they liked, mutually agreed upon by two children. And they (laughs) went to a jar. And every night we pick a movie and we watch it, Um, which has been surprisingly wonderful because, you know, I will work for 15 hours a day and I won't Mm -hmm. stop. And and this is forcing, you know, they're like, it's movie time. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) it's fine. You can go watch, you know, that's hard inside out. It is, but Mm -hmm, it's been, mm -hmm. and I feel myself Calming down because I put one on either side of me, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, and and I feel them calming, and, and it's calming for Aww. me. And it's just like we've got to self soothe. <laughs> we've got so to good. like, yes, you know, feel yes. this
2: together. Co-regulate,
0: so, yes. co-regulate. Because I, I was, I didn't do a great job co-regulating my son, especially because mm. I had a, um, well, I had a drinking problem, and I also had a daughter 14 months later, and I mm. know, like, so. Our regulation is off because I never had any regulation to start with. Sure. <laughs> um, sure. So I feel that now like it's, mm. it's, you can correct this kind of stuff as we go like it's not you Absolutely. Know, your kids are well, you can always start over. <laughs> yeah I mean, you can always start over, but it, it's yeah. not without its work and its consciousness and you have to show up to your life every day. And, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but that there has to be this theme of, okay, I'm showing up and I'm, I'm going to freaking do this because there has to be that mental mindset. I think, yes, we have to give ourselves a break too, but if Mm -hmm. if we can't show up for ourselves, you know, and I think that's the struggle when people find themselves depressed or you know, what have you found to be helpful as kind of a, a trick? Like Jarek Robbins talked about yesterday, Getting a cold shower, just snap yes. your you know, change your state. Like what yeah. have you found helpful to help people kind of, and, and I don't know what the right terminology is, but like if, dig themselves out of like, yeah. you know. Yeah.
2: Shifting. Well, that's, and it, you know, ultimately you decide to like, when, when is, too, when is it too long? When, when right. is too much you know, if I've been in this state for way too long, I love what you mentioned just then getting in a cold shower. Absolutely. Um, so anything you can do to ground. And I'm, I, I don't know if um, you've ever heard the five, four, three, two, one one exercise, which is super simple, but it's five things you can see, uh, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell one thing you can taste. Um, And those are, and so those are great for literally people with PTSD who need to come back to the present for a, you know, out of a flashback or something like that. But even just for everyday grounding and trying to um, remind ourselves of where we are here and now in the present, not being worried about the future, not being, you know, stuck in our ruminating thoughts. Um, grounding. And that's probably why the, the cold shower, part of why that works is because it is, it's your senses. It yeah. is um, really forcing you to engage in your senses. Can and you so, tell me what those
0: were again? You said, yeah, I know one was taste. because Five. Like, number one. Yes.
2: So five, four, three, two, one. And it doesn't even have to be in this order. It's just your five senses, but I usually oh. do five things you can see, see. Um, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and then one okay. thing you can taste. Um, So that's the order that I usually do it or sometimes an even simpler exercise is just pick five blue things in the room, you know, and I'll have clients if they're, they are in a very activated state, um, either a contracted depressed state or an activated state. Again, we're just grounding and we're just trying to co-regulate. It's easier with somebody there with you to kind of you know, walk you through this a lot of times. That's why it is. It is hard to do this alone. It is possible, but it can be. You know, it takes practice. Uh, but you know, five things in the room that are blue, and it's like, okay, the wall, your shirt, that shoe, um, and and being able to really just be present with ourselves, which again, easier said than done. I like what Lorraine wrote here. My dogs co-regulate me, hundred percent. Whatever you know, whatever your, and those are called resources. So things that for you are are helpful. Um. Resourcing is another technique that I'll use if somebody is very activated or just kind of blah, literally thinking of when was a time that you felt expansive and alive and joy in some capacity. And for some people, it's been a long time. I mean, honestly, and that's okay. For some people, it's like, I don't remember feeling just like really happy and worry-free since being at the lake as a kid. And we'll just sit with that, and we'll we'll go back, and we'll say, okay, so tell me what what's it, what is it about the lake? And we'll go into some of those five senses, those descriptive. What can you hear? What can you see? What does it look like? What what feelings come up in your body? Um, because so much of this is just about getting embodied. So grounding techniques, resources, literally naming the things that are resources to you. And for me, my dog is absolutely a resource because she she kind of gets me out of my whatever funk I'm in, and she gives me something else to focus on. Um, so some of my resources are um, visualizations, um, you know, going back to, for me personally, there was a, there was a, a little field in Colorado that um, the dog I had previously that she passed last May, um, she and I went to Colorado and we sat in this field under a tree. And that image became such a huge resource for me because I could remember what it smelled like. I could remember the wind and I felt very safe with her. She was a, um, you know, a presence that made me feel really safe. And even after she passed, I still would refer to that image in my head. Sometimes every morning, as a part of my meditation. Um, so just identifying what are your resources? And it might be tea, it might be a weighted blanket, um, you know, all of these things just to help you feel a little bit more in your body. Um, and if you're struggling with that, and if it's, if it's scary for some people with really severe trauma, being in their body is really scary. They've done a great job of dissociating because, and we don't want to force that, right? I mean, we, we don't want to be like, feel things. It's like, ah, that's kind of overwhelming. Um, so if it is that overwhelming and, and you're not feeling entirely safe to do that, um, just notice that and, and be okay with it. We, it's called pendulating and trauma therapy. Just, you know, going in and coming out and going in and coming out and not doing too much. And, and really, I mean, if it's, if it's bad, bad, I I would obviously seek professional help because that's, that's where we, where we're getting into the really difficult thoughts. Then I'm like, okay, don't force yourself to do anything. Right. right. sometimes doing the work is not doing the work. It's just letting things be. So
0: it was interesting because I had started meditating, um, last year and then it was going great. And then I kind of uncovered the trauma. Uh, it it appeared and then I started trying to meditate and I couldn't and I mm, talked to Brit about it she's like kill it mm, kill it and then so mm -hmm. I started therapy and then the the therapist was a somatic experiencing specialist too yes and so he was like all right so our first session I want you to sit and I want you to feel your feet on the chair on the ground yeah I was like nope I'm out he was like what I'm like no we're not doing this and he was like really with the feet I'm like I'm not in my body like no danger danger and it was crazy and I still don't like it but I can I'm back to meditating and I can I can be in my body I float in and then I like leave for Mm -hmm. you know a little Mm -hmm. bit but it's a real thing I mean if you can't stand the thought of closing your eyes and feeling clothes on your skin like and don't do it tap out you know absolutely yeah yes Yes, are... you will get through it. It just, mm-hmm. it takes some work <laughs> you might, and you might need some
2: support. And, and because yeah. of the challenging time that we're in right now, you know, you could do it via telehealth, um, but otherwise, yes, working with a skilled practitioner, just because yeah. we don't, we don't want to force things and we right. re- right. traumatize ourselves even further. Right. I used right. to have to, on the days that were really bad for me, I would essentially dissociate for the entire hour hosting the morning show. And then it was like, I would come back into my body after the show. And that's where just the pandemonium would start. Right, right. The the sadness, the anger, the frustration. And and next thing you know, I'm like, okay, I feel like a hot mess. What's going on here? Oh, I just dissociated for an hour and put on a smiley face because that's what I needed to do to get through it. And that's okay. Dissociating is useful too, right? So it's a survival strategy.
0: Well, Sorry. Crystal, this was awesome. Yeah. Where can people find you? Like what's yeah. your favorite social media channel?
2: So I'm mostly active on Instagram. So at Crystal Lampet and it's spelled C-R-Y-S-T-L-E. My first name is spelled kind of funny. So C-R-Y-S-T-L-E-L-A-M-P-I-T-T. Um, that's what I do the most of. And then I'm also on CrystalLampet.com. I actually just added a book list finally um, and, you know, put in all the resources and the books that have helped me so far. There's so many, I've been doing yeah. a lot of reading. That's been one really great thing. Um, but yeah, you can check me out on crystalampet.com and that's got all my social
0: media on it as well. So, well, thank you nice. so much, yeah. friend. This was great. Thank and you. I hope this all settles down. We will connect yes. so I'm going to come back to Kansas city. Oh, good. I missed you and Britt when I came through. So. I know. I know. Yeah. God,
2: what a bummer. Um, yeah, well, I
0: look forward to that. And um, thanks, everybody, for tuning yeah, in and, and thank playing along. All fun. right. Well, stay safe, everyone. And tomorrow, oh, before you go, tomorrow, Corey Mascara is going to be on here. He's the author of Stop Missing Your Life. Um, we had a really great podcast um, a couple of weeks ago. So I think that's going to be exciting. Um, so if you can join tomorrow, it'll be good. So Yay. thank you. Thanks, thanks for you doing this,
2: by the way, Meredith. Yeah. I think this is such a great idea.
0: Thank great you. appreciate connected. it. All right. All right, friends. Until next time. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the same 24 hours. Remember to rate, review, and share this podcast. It really matters. I appreciate it. See you next time.